We were finishing off with the concept of acquiring something that's ownerless. And uh, the most common case was a convert that didn't write a will and uh, didn't have any relatives because a convert is a brand new person. So uh, um, if that's okay, that, with the two dots on, on uh, 49B, does that, does that sound like we got there? Yeah. We started Boimine. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, Boimine Rev Yavas Sama Rebna, Hamaksa Shoger. So, a person heard that this gear died and he grabbed the deeds. He went for the gold. He wanted the deed to his property. <coughs> so, he actually blew it because you have to, uh, in order to acquire something from Hefker, it's not enough to just grab the papers. You have, he actually has to go and dig the land. But he didn't know that. So, the question is, the question though is, in those days, there was a value to parchment. The parchment was useful uh, for various. They didn't throw anything away. So when we give him the bad news that he doesn't get the, de- you know, he doesn't get the property, the question is, can he at least keep all those parchments that he grabbed? So that's the question. He grabbed the, the deed because he thought he was getting the land and he doesn't get the land. So since he doesn't get the land, do you say that that's not really what he had in mind was to just get, get some uh, bottle caps here? Or maybe he wanted everything. He wanted the land. He wanted the papers. Answer me, my master. Again, that's one of these great expressions. Each one has its own... Uh, the master answer me. Do you think he went to all that trouble in order to get a body? I mean, he camped overnight, you know, waited till the guy died, waited for the, you know, and then ran into the uh, the deed in the downtown or wherever they kept the deeds. That you think that's all he needed? He grabbed whatever he could grab, you know, just because he couldn't get the gold didn't mean that he didn't want it also to keep the parchment. Omar Rabba, next question. Now, this is a little more complicated. The, um, you borrow money from a convert, and you give him a collateral. <coughs> so the collateral is really yours, but he owns it to the extent that if you don't pay, he can keep the collateral to pay the debt. So you have your collateral on your loan with him. And he died, and somebody came to this guy's house and grabbed your collateral, so the question is, he said, what do you mean? I took this from the convert's house. It was free and clear. So you're allowed to take it. Why? My As soon as the gear died, you didn't owe anybody money. And if you didn't owe anybody money, so then your collateral becomes yours, it's your item. So even though the other guy thought he got there first, you got there first. In other words, your collateral, which the the convert had a lien on, as soon as he dies, it, it goes back to being totally yours, so <coughs> you can get it from the guy that was grabbing the convert stuff. Next case, let's say the collateral of the convert is the other way around. You, the Yisrael, have it to get your money back. And somebody knew that you had the convert's item in your safe, in your property, and someone comes and grabs it. So, so you... Even he's saying, what do you mean uh, you're grabbing it? I, uh, this is mine. It's not yours. It belongs to the convert. Well, to, the amount of it that covers the loan that you borrowed is yours. So even though it belonged to the convert, 
It really didn't. It was a, the way a collateral works is it's yours, and if they give you money, then you give them the collateral back. Otherwise, it's yours. So you can keep the, the Israel actually own the amount that was opposite his loan. But if it was worth a little bit more, so the, the other person that grabbed it, he gets it. It's a shar. Now, our question is, why would the other person get it first? Why don't we say that since he acquired um, uh, it in his courtyard, he acquires the rest of it? Now, what happens if he didn't know the convert died? No one told him. I feel like that. Sometimes I'm the last one to know. You know, like the, I don't see the emails or whatever. I feel bad if I forgot your SIM code. You know, I just, you know, I didn't know. So uh, didn't tell me. But that doesn't really matter. The rule is that your property can act on your behalf. So if the convert's collateral was in your, let's say uh, he, he borrowed um, uh, $1,000 and he had a $2,000 collateral. So why wouldn't your property acquire it for you? How come I skin and the lesser. So the case is you only acquire the collateral from your property when you're there, but you weren't there. So even though you didn't know that the guy died, but the, if you weren't there, it won't work for you. If you were there, the boy Mahdi that had you said acquire it, so then your chutzer could work for you. If you ain't home, the e boy who lamakti lo matzikana, and if you're not home, so then you can't acquire katsiranami lo kana. So your courtyard it only works for you when you're there. The, the courtyard is an extension of you when you're there. Apparently, when you're not there, even though you own it, that's not enough. The hilka said the lesser bekatsiranokan. According to this, the halacha is if you ain't there, your your courtyard won't acquire it for you. If if you're there, even if you don't know about it, it could. But if you're not there at all, it won't, it won't be an extension of you. The owner isn't there. It's still the spots there. I guess it's... <coughs> you know, okay, that's, that's a separate issue. But I'm just wondering, you know, all this, this, I think, is a little bit of a chiddish. Yes. For sure. You know, yeah. absent, absent his presence... The chaser is not kohen. Yeah, it's it's not as chaser because he's not there. I mean, it's, it's so maybe it's just not an extension of him as ownership. Is the ownership doesn't go away. Tosos adds the word mishtameris that it's like the the courtyard is like guarded or it's like uh, it's. Uh, it's not like an open place because you're there to like keep the house closed or to keep it. Um, I don't know. It's a, um, I, I would say that it, it, the courtyard is really an extension of you. It's not the fact that you own it. It's the fact that you live there that, it, that uh, act, makes, it, makes, it, you, makes it act on your behalf. That the question really is what makes it a shliach? You know, to have an, a, a, an inanimate object be considered like you, it, it needs to have, it's one, if you're nearby and you're there, then it's an extension of you. If you're not there, so it's true that you own it, but that's not enough. To actually make a Kenyan, it needs, seems like it needs... Extend, the mashmaos of extension is, you know, connected. If the guy's off in, uh, in, on vacation somewhere, there isn't a physical connection, maybe. Something like that is what you'd have to say. Okay, it's worth exploring. Okay. Now we get to the pits. Okay, a chofer bor. So... Um, we're going to see quickly that just like all the other damages, there are different opinions about how they work. Um, 
the question always is, what makes it your pet? Uh, what makes it yours? You leave something in a public area and you left it behind and now you're, somebody trips on it, you're responsible. Well, how is it your fault? You know, like, it's one thing if you leave it like in the middle of the road, but what if you didn't leave it in the middle of the road? What makes it, when is it that you have liability? And is there a difference in public property and private property? So, well, that's what we're going to get to. You dug the hole in private property. But then it opened up into the public. Oh, or you dug it in public, but it opened to private. Or or it was all private. So all these cases, they all have to do with They have something to do with your private. You dug a pit somehow connected to your property. So, so the question really is, there's going to be, the Torah talks about a pit, and the question is, what is that case? I mean, we can learn out other cases, but what is that case? So he says that when you dig it in your private property, it opens to the public. He says that's the pit that the Torah is talking about. Rabbi Kiva says, no. He says, it has to be that you dug the pit on your property and then you allowed people to go in there. But you, you kept the pit. You still, it's still your pit. That's the case. So now we have to figure out what are they arguing in. So He says, if you dig a, a, a hole on the place where the rabbin go, you make a pit. So everybody agrees that you're in trouble. Because this was an area that everybody had the right to travel through, and you set them up. You made you made a hole. In the, and when we were young, remember Roadrunner? You know, they used to put a carpet over the hole, and then the, the Roadrunner would, you know, try to catch the... What? Yeah. That was the... That, 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 that's who it was. <laughs> so that was the way to catch the... Uh, that's the way you catch the... Uh, uh, the you know, is with a hole. Somebody... A hole you really get messed up in if there's a hole. So my time over crop, and the Torah says kiyiftach. It says uh, if you open a hole or you dig, you dig. I think that was the '60s term. You dig it. You know, I don't think we use that anymore. That's a, uh, <laughs> so email. Uh, I don't know where that came from. I don't even know that. The, so email psicha chayev alakriyelo koshikain. So um, if all, basically there was a covered hole, you take the cover off. There's a manhole there. You take the cover off. You're liable. And uh, you didn't even dig it. All you did was take the cover off. So certainly if you dig it, you're in trouble. That's clearly the Torah is saying, you leave the cover off. And uh, so that, uh, so certainly if you made the hole, you're in trouble. Low necklace. So nobody argues on that. You go to the public area and you leave the manhole uncovered or you dig the hole that everybody could fall in, you're in trouble. The debate is, the board issue. So as we turn to today's page, Page 50. No, 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 no. Rebbe Kiva, Sabah, Barbara, Shusa, Nami, Chayev, even if it's in your property, it exceeds Balabor. You're the owner of the pit. The board, the Ispe Balim, Kamarachman, the Torah is telling you, you have ownership on it. You better watch. You're responsible. People hurt themselves. Rebbe Shmuel, Sabah, no, Balatakala. It just means that you're responsible. You don't have to own it, but you put it in a place where people get hurt. So it's yours. You have liability. So Alan Maiza, what does he mean? He says that that's the first the place where it mentions it, that you have liability that you pay. He says a little bit different. 
this you're really going to need to chart out, and it's one of those, you know, there are different opinions here, and not, you know, the parameters stuff. But he says, He says, no, in private property, everybody agrees if you own it, you own it. Uh, then you're in trouble if people get hurt. My Michai, my time, Balaborum, You own something, you make sure people don't get hurt. The question is, when it's, it's, no one owns it. He says, even in the public area, you're responsible. Steve, I mean, you could argue that when you're in public, you have to look where you're going. You know, it's not a, it's, everybody knows the public, you can see all kinds of stuff there. People that travel on the subway, they're always <coughs> like looking around, you know, make sure you know, you're in Rishusarabi, you know, you got to be careful over there, right? It says, if you open it or you dig. The email of Sikachayv, if just opening the hole, leaving the cover off your chayv, alakriya local shikin, certainly if you dug it. Either way, you're in trouble. Revi Kiva says, I'll tell you why we said both examples. If the Torah said, if you take the cover off, if you didn't make the hole, so to take off your liability, you just have to put the cover back. Koro, but if you actually made the hole, lo sagile bekisai. It's not enough to put a cover on it because covers fall off. I would have thought if you actually made the hole, you've got to fill it in. Because if the Torah said you dug it, I would have said if you dug it, you're in trouble. Because there you did an action. You created a hole that somebody could fall in. But if you opened it, what would you do? You just remove the cover. That's not an action. So, Amy Kisei Namilo, boy, maybe you're not required to recover it. Kamash Malan, that by removing the cover, you then created the hole in a certain way. Ella, my, what does it mean is Torah? That's the one mentioned first. The more has a question. When you dig the hole in Yishu Sarabin, it opens to private property, then you're putter. Uh, even though you shouldn't do it, why? Now, what you did was you dug the hole, but the open nobody's going to fall into it in public property, because in the public part you dug it under the public part, like you tunneled, right? So um, it, it's not really it's not really your uh, space to do that. You don't really have the right to tunnel under the the street or whatever. But if you did it. Um, uh, your putter, uh, uh, because the uh, e- even though you it wasn't, you don't have the right to take over Rishus Arabim. But even if you did it, uh, you you would you'd be exempt because you didn't create a a, a hole that the Rabbim would fall in. Um, that the reason uh, the reason that you shouldn't do it is Enos and Cholotachas Rishus Arabim. It's not proper to, to dig holes under the the Rishus Arabim. Maybe the the road will cave in at some point. Let's say you dug various kinds of just interesting. It's always interesting. Different societies have different words for they like with us. It's all a ditch. Well, they it, they had different shaped ditches, and there were different words for the different shapes. So you have a pit, a siach. Uh, I know Mara's the cave. What's a siach? It's a channel. A channel. A siach is a channel. It's a tree, like an irrigation ditch. 
like an irrigation thing. Like long and narrow, I guess, or uh, and a cave. Rishu say yachi to pasu Anybody know siach shiach? I thought siach is a tree or a conversation. Yeah, no, no, no. This is uh, um, no. This is a shem. It is. It is shiach. Yeah, shichin. Shichin. Okay. Thank you. All right. Chayid. Upasu shem chayid. Hakofer boris b'shusei yachid. Let's say you dug them in private property next to public. Kikeila kofer lushin. Like the people that are the lushin guys. Uh, lushin's a new word. Um, it, it has to do with. Um, when you put up a building, you have to dig deep uh, to put in the, let's see, Rashi. Lushin? Foundations. Yeah, yeah, foundation repair. So, uh, Lushin, you sowed Lechomos Beso, a foundation for the walls of the house, Alpene Kol Rochav Abayas, go all around, Eitzu Rishu Sarabin. So, I guess your house is private property, but when you dig the foundation, it gets pretty close to the border. The, uh, um, I don't know if this is Chomas or Chamas. I, think it's, I, think it's, I was pretty sure Hamas uh, Yerushalayim. Yeah, it, it sounds like it's Hamas to me. Uh, you know, <laughs> okay. Did they, did, they, did, they, did they do this under a mosque or a hospital? Ah, so, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, right, right. Right, so, okay. so it's next to Yerushalayim right, Pater. Rabbi Yosem, you have Ad Mechitza Asara. He says you have to protect the rabbi and build a wall. Or at least it should be a distance from where people are walking. Because or where the animals are walking, it's got to be four tefachim is not very big. That's four fists. Mm-hmm. But if it's if it's closer than that, you know, people, it's it's too close to have a you know a ditch over there. Time of dilution. The reason that you're allowed to do it is that it's it's just a foundation thing. It's going to be covered. Allah dilution Who is that? Otherwise, if you're digging next to the public, there's there's no allowance for that. So who is this? Bishleim Rabba Reisha Rebbe Shmuel Sefer Kiva. He can learn it's following two different opinions. But according to Rav Yosef, Bishleim is safe. It's like everybody. But who's the Reisha? It doesn't fit Rav Yishmol or Rav Kiva. And again, the question is, is the board, is, when is it that you're liable for the board? Does it have to be on private property or even on public property? So, Amr Lach Rav Yosef, it's, like, uh, it's going like everybody. Vereisha Shalom Hifker. In the first case, you didn't, you didn't permit people to come in your property. So it's not really a stumbling block because... You never told somebody to go for, you know, you create a hole in your property, it's your property. So, low rishu, so low borrow. It's, um, they no, it's, it's, not a, it's not a stumbling block. So, Amravashi, Hashta, Upmila, Raviosa, Divi, Hakol, Rav, Namilo, Tupin, Katanoi. You don't have to say it's an argument. Erasure, Rabbi Shmuel, the whole mission is Rabbi Shmuel, and the reason that you're permitted is because it's for the, these uh, foundations. Halav, Lushan, Chayat. Ki go into Arve, Rishu, Sarabin. Uh, if if you made it too close to the even the lucian even the foundations there's certain limitations. Mesve the more has a question. Akofer bor b'shusa hayachi to pasu shiraim chayv b'shusa yachid asmukal b'shusa rabim. If it's uh, in it's just next to it your putter. So bishleim el rabim kuler b'shmol. But according to Yosef, the first part was b'shmol, but the second part doesn't fill anybody. Below Rebbe Kiv, Amulah b'kofer lucian v'diver hakol. If you're digging these. So apparently there's special allowance for these foundation digging. I didn't find much. I'm, I'm assuming it's because everybody has to dig a foundation, that that's why you're putter. Um, and uh, I, I don't know if you then cover it up or, um, uh, or, or not. Foundation is, is some sort of filling. I mean, it, 
within the foundation. The foundation is the is the solid component mm-hmm. that stabilizes. So it's not really left as a whole. It's really just it the thing. Like before he put in the foundation, he was digging this. Right. So you're saying there maybe there's an aspect of temporariness to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it sounds like they have zoning laws that you know you mm-hmm. you, you can't get too close to the Shusarabba. Yeah. Don Rabban, Hakofer, you dig upesach, and you you dig a a pit upesach and you open it up and most of the rabbin. In other words, if you get, you did the community a favor, you did all the digging, and then you donated it to the city. And then somebody fell in a putter, the city should have covered it. Kofor a Pesach will low muster the Rabin, but if you dug it and you opened it up and then you didn't give it formally to somebody who could have taken charge and been put, put a cone around it or something, then you're in trouble. The Cain Minig show Nechunya Kofor Boris. Now we're going to learn about a famous ditch digger. Uh, <laughs> his name was Nechunya. He used to dig pits. Um, we have, you know, just like we have. Uh, Everybody has a certain talent or a certain thing that they don't mind doing. Some people don't mind giving back rubs. Some people don't mind pouring l'chaims. Some people, everybody has a certain thing that suits them uh, to do. Uh, that, that's there. So he liked to dig ditches. So he used to dig ditches. And then he would give them to the community because there's never enough drinking water. You know, in the Middle East, that people would travel. And if you dig them, it'll catch the water and this way, when people went up to Yerushalayim, they'd be in the hot sun, and uh, this way they could get water. And so th- this was his, uh, he, there's, there's nothing like doing something that benefits the tzibur. If you can do something that makes it better for other people, makes life easier, that's especially to be to the shul or all Yerushalayim. Now, when the Chamer heard about this particular kind of tzedakah that he did, or chesed, they said, Kaim zu uh, he says, wow, this guy made sure to do the halacha. You know, he gave it over so that he didn't, like, leave it as a whole. He made sure. So halacha zu, he even was careful uh, to make sure that nobody tripped in it. Turn around, let's read more about this. That once happened with his daughter, that she fell into the big pit. Uh, there was, there was there, there's different sized pit. There was one pit that was known as the really big pit. And uh, they didn't have uh, equipment to really go get people that would fall into the pit. It was very dangerous to fall into. Even today, one of the big, you know, it, it's uh, in construction. They, uh, we have factories where they have these big tanks, and you have to have a license to go in there. See, they, they want to go in and clean, but they have accidents when people go in these. There's no, we're going to see that the air inside, sometimes it looks like it's fine, but there's no air inside. And a person faints, and then it's going to be very dangerous uh, um, uh, we're going to see one of the issues with the pits is that uh, the air inside the pit is like it's hard to get oxygen in there. Um, yeah. So the uh, his daughter fell. So they said, "Oh, we better get and tell his father." I'm sorry. No, go and tell the miracle rabbi uh, that he better. You know, there was one rabbi they could go to where they were really in trouble, and a uh, little girl in a pit. This every moment is dangerous. She'll get swept away by the water, or who knows what. So they said, go and tell Reb Hanina Bendosa. Shah uh, Rishona. So as the time went on, you know, it's a ticking clock. Every second they're there, you know, they could be drowning or they, they no more air or dangerous. So a whole hour went by. So he said, eh, don't worry, Shalom. It's, everything's fine. Shnia, second hour. Shalom, no problem. Third hour, Shlishis. 
Omer Lehav Osa. She's out. She's safe. She got out. How in the world did she get out of that pit, this little girl? I mean, you say mountain climbing, you know, it's slippery on the sides of these pits. So Omer Lehav So they did an exit interview. They said, who, who got you out of there? They didn't have, you know, a Hatzalah or whatever. So Omer Lehav Zohar Shorechelim Nizdamili. I saw a um, a ram. Rashi zocho shirachem ayol shol yitzchak. I got a ram. V'zokin echad manhigo, and it was being led by an elderly person. And he, I don't know if he pulled her out or she followed him out. Rashi zochin manhigo Avraham. So there was the schus of Avramavinu and Yitzchak that led her out, and she got out of the. Uh, uh, they 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 helped her find her way out of the pit. I don't know what that you know. Uh, there's no logical explanation why an old shepherd would be leading a ram inside a pit, but uh, they uh, basically it was the skus ovos that somehow saved her. She had that vision. <laughs> so they said to her, Chanina Mendoza, how did you know she'd be saved? That she'd have such a story. Navi, are you a navi? I'm not a Navi. I'm not even the son of a Navi. <laughs> That's a famous expression. I'm not even the son of a Navi. I knew that her father was a righteous person and he went out of his way to make pits. So there's no way that Hashem would take his daughter and kill her in a pit. No way. Just, it's just not impossible. It's impossible. So that's why he was so sure that she would be safe. Even though you might have thought that it's like uh, there's no way that any of his children would ever get in trouble with water, but uh, uh, he did have a terrible story with his son. His son died of dehydration, even though the father was, uh, you know, helped make drinking water, somehow that's one of his kids died. Now, how could that happen if that's... So the answer is, is that uh, with people Hashem loves, believe it or not, he sometimes uh, makes this world a challenging place. Those people that are close to him, sometimes I always read that and so we wish it weren't that way. It's like, oh, be a tzaddik and then you're going to get slammed. But uh, they don't mind, meaning that they, they, they realize that they get close to Hashem with their suffering or their difficulties. So vivav, nishramayot. Then I think, I, I'm not that close, so I don't have to worry. <laughs> but uh, those that are close with him, are very, um, basically, Hashem wants them to have the greatest good and uh, forever. And so uh, people pick up bad things. Every, even a tzaddik picks up certain things that he shouldn't do. And so <clears throat> Hashem allows them to get an atonement in this world by having, uh, so Malavish HaKadosh Baruch Medakta, Hashem is careful with those close to him. Afilu kachutasara, even just a little bit over the line, kachutasara. Reb Nechunya says, if from the final passage, Kel Noritz Besokin, again, this is a Gadotah, but the, we, uh, the, I even like the idea that Yosef Atarek had to stay two more years because he begged the guy to remember him. That's that same idea, that with people that are, somebody who's like a shining uh, diamond, Hashem wants it to be perfect. And so they really, like, even was very, am I such a righteous person? How could he ever have, Hashem wants them to be perfect, so he gives them more challenges. Uh, he says a different concept. Some people think they get a pass. You do so much for Hashem, uh, and uh, so every now and then, if you don't do certain things, 
you, if somebody Shalom, says that God uh, is uh, a vatrid, he he doesn't uh, he ignores things. How would you say a vatrid? He tolerates. He tolerates. Forgiving. He's he forgiving. He for, well, he does forgive, but forgives for no reason. He he, you don't even have to ask for it. <laughs> I would say, uh, what? He overlooks things. He lets it pass. So, who, Vatrin, who, Yosir Chayev, he's going to, um, uh, he's not going to overlook his life. Rashi, Yavosir Chayev, Yafkiru Chayev. That's like you're asking, you're planning a target on yourself. If you say, God doesn't mind when we uh, what we when we do wrongs. That's like you're asking you're asking for it. Go ahead and shoot. Uh, you're asking like um, it's just a uh, we a person should never use Hashem's goodness as an excuse to to do wrong. That, that's that idea. A person, if you something wrong, fix it. Don't just say God doesn't mind. That's uh, he's asking for trouble. Uh, Hashem is perfect. He's his ways, but he 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 judges people strictly on certain things. It says He's slow to anger. It's like a double anger. So what's the double anger? So there's an anger erechapaim with tzadikim with rishoyim. He's uh, he's actually I'm sorry. This is slow to anger. He's slow to anger to the tzaddikim uh, that uh, he doesn't pay them their good right away, so it'll be worth more in the world to come. And he's even slow with the wicked that he gives them more time to do tshuva. There's a... Um, how would you translate Erech HaPayim? Slow, patient. Long of, of, of to, to get anger. I mean, the opposite your nose. The question is the double slowness. Yeah. There is a tosis here. Let's take a look at it. I, I always, you know, gadatz is always difficult because you just really need their concepts rather than just lines. But okay, erkapayim Hashem is slow to anger with the good and the bad. Uh, that's literally what it means. But osa pasim mashma de rishoyim lavinim mina olam haba. The rishoyim, uh, he wants to uh, is slow to have them lose their world to come. Is it good that um, um, he, he's good to the Rishoyim so they lose the world to come? Or is he good to the Rishoyim to give them a chance? What is, is slow to anger? It implies that he's slow to anger that really they don't, they, uh, they're getting their reward here. That's a bad thing. Or is it a good thing? Is it good for the wicked that he's slow to anger? If you know they're not going to do tshuva, then it's going to be bad. But if it, the Rishoyim will do tshuva, then he has patience with them. That, that's what Tosas wants to say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. A person should not throw stones. The, the, um, certain uh, property is stony, and before you plant there, you've got to remove the stones. So where do you put them? So don't take the stones and throw them out on the road. <laughs> It always bothers. Yeah, right. Unless it's Shabbos. Unless it's Shabbos, right? Um, I I always find like you know the lawn people always you know they they put the leaves in the middle of the road you know yeah, uh, but uh, but uh, I guess leaves are okay you don't step on them but you're not supposed to take the stones off your property and throw it as long as they're off my property. Umatzah chasid echad. 
they, uh, there was a pious person ran into somebody that was doing that, was taking the stones off his property and throwing them on the road. And he said to him, Reka, you empty person. Now, it's empty. You didn't do any... You, um, it's hard to say that it's a, uh, a sin. Uh, you're just m- taking them off your property and putting them in the public. It's annoying. I don't know if people are going to get, uh, is it a boar? I don't know. But um, what you're taking something that's not yours, your property, and putting them in place where you'll be responsible for it. <laughs> You're, you're thinking, I'm going to take it and leave it there. You're going to have, right now, the stones are in your property. It doesn't bother you. But when you put them there, you're going to be responsible for all the harm that you cause. Ligo love, he, he laughed. You know, very funny rabbi. So, it wasn't long that he lost his property. He became homeless and he was walking on those roads. Also, he stepped on the, he tripped over the stones that he put there. You know, he thought it's, you know, that he, uh, so, Omar, you have for Omar La'osa Chosset. He said, I should have listened to that pious person. Why did you take the stones out of something that was not yours? Uh, money, uh, property you have now, but we don't know how long we have it for. But then by b- putting it in the public area, you put it to a place, the Rishu Shalach, that you would be responsible for. That's an interesting way to express it. Um, Rashi you own it. Once um, um, he couldn't understand the rabbi. What what was he saying? Nobody owns it, and the answer is everybody owns it, including you. And someday you may need it, and you're going to stumble because you left those stones there. Let's see the mission. You dig a hole and you shoot a rabbi in somebody's ox. Or donkey falls in, chayev, you're going to have to pay. So again, I was telling you, there's a lot of words here. Bor is a pit. Shiach, that's what you told me. That's a, a ditch. Mara is a cave. Charitim. Charitz is also a form. Rashi, so let's, um, there's a Rashi here. Let's do the Rashi. Rashi on the Mishnah. Charitim, bor is a bor, a pit is round. Shiach is arucha long, vikatsera, but small, narrow. narrow. Mara, a cave, is squared, umechusa, and has, uh, has something on the top. Bikor, uh, um, no square means, uh, four corners. It has an opening. Charitim are wide and square, like a cave, but there's no roof. Ela kol piv pesuach, it's open. The itzim are narrow at the bottom and wide at the top. It's it's that some are wide at the top and narrow at the bottom, and some are wide at the bottom. But there's a different word description for each type of of uh, of what you did in the dirt. So it doesn't matter. The bottom line is, you dug this, somebody tripped in it, you got hurt, you're hiding. Okay, why does it say a pit? My boy, a pit can be lethal if it's 10 as long as it's 10 deep all the, these other things can be lethal to an animal as well it's, it's a multiple issue here it's, first of all when an animal falls a bigger distance they could break their neck uh, but it also has to do with get the, getting the, the, uh, not being able to breathe down in the ground let's say it's less than 10 and an animal falls in and it dies so then you're putter because you didn't create something that 
would kill most animals. But if it damaged them, then you're responsible. Really, part of the, the damages are for the bad air in the pit that's going to make the animal not breathe. Not just not the, the bank. He says, actually, the fact that it hits itself, that's, uh, the, that's the ground, Udamazikle. But the air has to do with what you dug. He says both, the air and the bank. Maybe the Torah only talking about the bank. Even if you got wool carpet on the bottom of the pit and it falls, you're in trouble. What if it wasn't a pit? You dug a pile and somebody was going over the pile and fell into it. So, I guess apparently you wouldn't have the same air on top of a mount. Lushmula Gova Nami Machaim, you also, but you're gonna have that that bank. My time at Rabda Makrabba Nuffal Achi Ipul Derek Nafila. You gotta be able to fall, fall into it. Shmuel Nami Nuffal called the Humashmi. He says, No, Nuffal doesn't mean you can fall up, you could fall down. It's uh, it's the same thing. Anything that'll kill a person, an animal. Even a mount. What does it come to include? It includes charitim nitzim charitim. It comes to include not only a round pit, but even square pits and ditches. So Gemara says charitim nitzim It says clearly. Even though it said it clearly, we explained it. Why do we need all these funny examples of different kinds of pits? I'll tell you why it's needed. If it only said the round, I would have said that particular shape creates that, that bad air that really kills the animals right away. Because it's narrow, and it's, uh, it's uh, hard, hard to get in there. But a... Uh, a long ditch that's wide, maybe they, maybe it doesn't have that problem. I don't know if it's the air like on top of it or the air in it. I really don't know the the, the air part. I don't really know. But the more is clearly saying that it, there's this, uh, there's some condition that when the animal falls in it, it has trouble breathing. The art score doesn't have any special... It's foul air. Foul air, yes. Yeah, it's, it's foul. It doesn't... Um, Maybe certain, uh, it's uh, maybe, yeah, something settles in there. What? You can have subterranean vapors that come up and the, displace the oxygen. Uh-huh. Yeah, they, they have these, there's these like burial caves in, in the, the Middle East that people would go into and not come out alive. They would, there were all kinds of spooky, uh, but it, it had to do with these uh, subterranean vapors and things that, that you mentioned. It's small, but a cave, it's, it's much wider. It has this air. And a cave, we all understand that it has bad air. You know, people had to be careful when they go in the cave. Uh, because um, it's covered. It's, 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 uh, you're inside it. But so that maybe it doesn't have there. And if we only had the ditches, it's not wide on the top. It's not wider on the top and the bottom. It's, it's wide on the top. Maybe. So the bottom line is that all these various sizes, you might have thought they're not as harmful to an animal. 
kamash malon, that any one of them is a form of a pit, and if you dig them, uh, you'll be liable if it kills an animal uh, in those various shapes and sizes. Okay, have a great Shabbos, a great day.